The following broadcast is brought to you by Sons of God International and Freedom Fellowship Church. Hello, and welcome to the prophetic voice of our time, where we focus on the voice of prophecy, which is the testimony of Jesus Christ. Our host, Christina Sasso, is a senior pastor at Freedom Fellowship Church. Let's hear what she has to say to the body of Christ. Hello, thank you for tuning in. This is Joshua Sasso with Freedom Fellowship Church and Sons of God Ministries International, and you are listening to the prophetic voice of our time. If you're listening to this message right now live, then that means that we are just finishing up the most recent prophetic conference and business school that we had at Freedom Fellowship Church. And the reason why Pastor Chris held this conference is because we are in a season where the body of Christ needs to mature and needs to be ready for the move of God. We don't have any time to waste anymore. We have to be ready to move because God is already moving. There are a lot of things happening in the earth and we need to be ready. I tell this to you now because we are in a season where we can no longer delay our obedience We can no longer coast along thinking that everything's just going to be fine. No, this is a season where those that chase after God passionately and with fervor, those are the people that are going to be leading the pack concerning this transfer of wealth, influence, and affluence. And let me tell you, it can't happen soon enough. This country needs the body of Christ to step into authority and to step into a position prominence. As many of you know, we are now in the midst of the midterm elections for this nation. If you're listening to this on the radio right now, early voting is happening now, and I implore you, vote for righteousness, vote for life, and vote for the will of God in this nation. We cannot afford to be complacent, and we cannot afford to just continue with the status quo as things are now. So I implore you, obey God, vote for righteousness, vote for life. Something that we need to do as the church is that it's our job to be the light that pushes back the darkness. It's our job to be the healing power that brings healing and restoration to this nation. And heaven knows we need it right now. We need the body of Christ to step into authority. You know, in the past, God has told us that the revival in this nation, the restoration and the prosperity of this nation depends on the body of Christ, whether we are going to focus on God or whether we are going to go and do our own thing. And unfortunately, for the past several years, we've gone on and we've been doing what we want to do. We've been focusing on those things that we want to focus on and politicizing things that we want to politicize rather than focusing on God. Many Christians in the church, they looked at President Trump and they turned him into an idol where he was the one that was going to solve all of our problems. He was the one that was going to fix everything. We can't look to any one man to fix this nation. We, as the body of Christ, have to rely on God in everything, and obey God in everything. But it's the truth. Many Christians turned President Trump, even though he was anointed by God, they turned him into an idol. And this is one of the many reasons why this nation 
is in the state that it's in now. We have to obey God in everything that we do. And the truth is, is that the revival in this nation, the transformation of this nation, is only going to happen by the hand of God. And he's not going to share his glory with anyone. You see, several years ago, the Lord revealed in a vision to Pastor Chris that in Washington, D.C., there was this deep, deep root of wickedness and darkness that was rooted in Washington, D.C., and the roots went down deep, deep, deep and spread all around the world. Imagine this, a thorny tree rooted in D.C. where its roots went all around the world. Something that no man could possibly uproot. But the Lord said to Pastor Chris, he said, Only my hand can uproot it. And that he himself was going to uproot this wicked root. That is what the Lord intends to do. But it all depends on the body of Christ. It depends on us, guys. So in order to understand that, and in order to step into this, we have to understand the reason why God calls us and God anoints us. In Luke chapter 4, after Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, it says that he walked into the synagogue and he grabbed the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. And this is the passage that he read, which was from Isaiah chapter 61. He said, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners. And then, after reading that, he rolled up the scroll, and then he said, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Okay, so Jesus was saying, right, I'm bringing healing, I'm bringing salvation, I'm bringing freedom for the captives, and release from darkness. And all of those things will be fulfilled through me. Now, this is what we need to understand, is that as Christians, we are followers of our Lord Jesus Christ. So if we're followers of our Lord Jesus Christ, it means that we also have to carry out the calling that he had here on this earth. We too through the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord, need to bring healing, restoration, freedom, light in dark places. That is the reason why God is anointing the church. You see, the transfer of wealth, influence and affluence, it is not just happening so that you'll be debt-free and you'll be able to pay off your debts and you're going to have a nice house and you're going to be able to live comfortably. No. That is not the reason why God is going to bring the body of Christ to a position of influence and affluence. The purpose is so that we can transform the nations and lead them back to righteousness, right? It's not about you and your wants and your needs. It's about the kingdom of God. You see, Christians, we have to start becoming kingdom-minded and kingdom-focused. We have to get outside of ourselves. Because the truth is, the vast majority of Christians, if you were to take a statistical analysis of their prayer time, the vast majority of their prayer time, say 90%, is about what they want, what they need, what they're concerned about, right? It's about them. When the reality is, is that if we're going to step out as leaders, we have to be kingdom-minded. We need to be praying for others. We need to be praying for the nations, 
for those things that God is giving us dominion over. I'm going to continue reading this passage, Isaiah chapter 61, because it explains the things that we're supposed to do. But before I do that, I want to highlight something, which was that in Isaiah 61, at the very beginning, it says the spirit of the sovereign Lord. God is going to make himself sovereign. But in order for that to happen, God has to be sovereign in your life, which means that he is your Lord. He is your commander. You obey everything that he tells you to do. He is sovereign. He is complete ruling over you, right? Because a lot of Christians, they'll focus on salvation and grace, but they don't treat God as their Lord. If God is going to use you mightily, he has to be sovereign in your life. And that is at the very beginning of this passage, the spirit of the sovereign Lord, okay? And so once the spirit of the sovereign Lord comes upon you, these are the things that you are called to do through the power he is giving you. So Isaiah chapter 61, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all those who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. So we, the church, we're a planting of the Lord so that his splendor and his glory and his awesomeness will be displayed through the church. Right? So God's glory is supposed to be displayed in your life, where people will see his splendor when they look at the way that you live. And it continues, they will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. And heaven knows we need this right now. If you look at this nation, the United States of America, there are many ancient ruins and places long devastated, both physically and spiritually, right? We already know about how the economy things are getting worse. We already know how living conditions are getting worse and harder for people. But when you look at things spiritually, think about the spiritual condition of America. Think about the fact that more than 50% of marriages end in divorce right? That is an institution where it has been long devastated and laid to ruin. There is not life there. There is death, right? And you have to understand that in something like marriage, right? So if 50% of marriages are ending in divorce, right? That means that 50% of children are being raised up without a godly example of a marriage. And that's assuming that the 50 remaining percent of marriages are even godly marriages. And then if you look at the media, there's not a single example that I can think of of a godly marriage. If you look at media, right? These are places that have long been devastated, right? And we as the church are supposed to build those ruined cities, And you can think about the fact that the vast majority of people, there's so many people that are on antidepressants and pills and drugs. Drug addiction is going up. Pornography addiction is going up. 
all kinds of spiritual problems. This is one of the many reasons why God is anointing the church. So you're being blessed, not so that you're going to live comfortably. No, it's so that you will bring healing and life to these places that have been long devastated because the church lost its power. The church gave it up. So these are the things that Isaiah 61 outlines that we're supposed to do when the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon us. But it doesn't end there. It talks about other things that will happen as we carry out those things, right? So we're bringing healing. We're bringing light and life. We're rebuilding those desolate and ruined cities. And these things are also what's going to come. It says in verse 5, Strangers will shepherd your flocks. Foreigners will work your fields and vineyards. See, that's a transfer of wealth, influence, and affluence, right? If people are working for you, you have influence over them, right? That's owning companies. That's owning businesses. Verse 6, And you will be called priests of the Lord. You will be named ministers of our God. You will feed on the wealth of nations, and in their riches you will boast. Instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion. And instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. And so you will inherit a double portion in the land, and everlasting joy will be yours. You see, so joy and riches and blessings, they come as a byproduct of obeying God. They're going to come. But the reason that they come is not so that you're going to be rich, right? No, it's so that you can be a blessing for others. When God called Abraham, he said, I'm going to make your name great. And he said, I'm going to bless those who bless you. I'm going to curse those who curse you. And then he said, through you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Right, so the blessings that came to Abraham, they were not just for his own sake. Every nation was touched because of Abram's obedience. The same should happen with us, which is that the nations of the world, the peoples of the world, they'll be touched and transformed through our obedience and through the blessings that God has given us. God continues here in Isaiah. It says, For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. In my faithfulness, I will reward my people and make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants will be among the nations and their offspring among the peoples. All who see them will acknowledge that they are a people that the Lord has blessed. This is something that God is wanting to manifest on the body of Christ in this generation. God wants to manifest it now. That all the nations of the world, all the peoples of the world, they're going to look at the church and they're going to acknowledge that is a people that the Lord has blessed. They're going to see the hand of God on your life and they will know, man, that is the one true God. You see, it's not just for our own sake. When God called Moses and he was using Moses to deliver the plagues against Egypt, God told Moses, he said, I am raising you up for this very purpose, that my mighty works and my power would be known to all the nations. That same calling is on us. God's power and might should be on display through the body of Christ. That is the reason why, in the New Testament it tells us, these signs 
will follow those who believe. They're going to lay hands on the sick, and they're going to recover. They're going to cast out demons in my name. They're going to drink deadly poison, get bitten by snakes, and they're not going to get harmed, right? Miracles, signs, and wonders are supposed to follow the body of Christ. That's supposed to be how we recognize a believer. Because the truth is, God is looking for people that he can raise up as kings to inhabit the nations of the world. All right, the nation of the entertainment industry, the nation of the education industry, the medical industry, technology, all of these things. God is looking for people who will obey him, implement his ways of doing things so that he can hand those industries to them. Because right now, they are being used for wickedness. So we have to look at ourselves. We're Christian kings. We're kings and priests. And a good king, first and foremost, has to be concerned about the safety of his nation and the well-being of his people. That needs to be the first and foremost priority in his mind. So, if God is calling you, say to the business sector, you have to see that as a dominion that God is giving you, and you have to treat it as it is your responsibility to cover all the spiritual corners of that industry, right? Where you're praying over it. You're asking God, God, what is the next step here, right? Because if you treat it like it's something that you're responsible for, you're actually going to take care to do the right thing and asking God what to do. One of the areas that we, the church, need to take dominion over is this nation, okay? We should be focused as a king, as if America is our dominion, and we're looking at the state of the nation right now, and we're realizing, you know what? We need to get wisdom from God to do better. We need to ask God and pray over improving the education system and technology. We need to pray over national security for this nation, over the economy of this nation, that justice will be administered in this nation. We should be praying for all of these things, and we need to treat it as it's our responsibility. We shouldn't decide, ah, uh, you know, somebody else will take care of it. The majority of our prayer time, if you're a leader, should not be about yourself. It should be about others and the nations. Because you have to understand, a king, he doesn't have to actually worry about his own needs, right? Those are met by default. He's got maidservants, He's got bodyguards. He's got halls and halls of food and riches. Those are things that come with being a king as a byproduct. So a king doesn't have to worry about his needs. Instead, the things that he should be worrying about is the safety of his nation and the well-being of his people. But the majority of Christians are not in that kingly mindset, right? The first and foremost thing that they're worried about are their needs. And their desires. That's what they're worried about first and foremost. And if a king is focused on those things, what do you end up with? You wind up with a king who is self-indulgent, who is selfish, and who is not going to lead his nation to prosperity. That's the truth. You see, it does no good for God to raise up a leader who is focused on himself. There is no profit to the kingdom if God were to do that. But most Christians are focused on themselves and what they want. But what did Jesus tell us? Right? He said, don't worry about what you're going to eat. 
Don't worry about what you're going to drink, right? You look at the grass, you look at the flowers, they're dressed far more splendid than even Solomon was dressed. This is what Jesus said. But he said, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all of these things will be added unto you as well. You see, it comes as a byproduct of your obedience to God. Don't worry about those things. Seek God out, obey him, and start applying what he's telling you to do. We don't have time anymore to delay our obedience. God has already had to wait for a new generation to come up. I don't want to make God wait for another generation. We are going to fix the things that past generations had let fall to ruin. And it's a mighty, mighty task that is ahead of us. When you look at the state of the young generations, you look at the state of the media and the political arena, there's a lot of work to do, okay? We can't afford to delay anymore. I don't want to make God wait anymore. I mean, because if we have to make God wait more, I don't even want to think about all the horrible things of darkness that are going to come out in the years while we have to wait for God to raise somebody else up, okay? The time is now to obey God. The time is now to step out in obedience. So I want you to remember all these things. Remember the reason why God anoints his people. God empowers us so that we will be a force for good and a force for the kingdom of God in the earth. It's time for us to get kingdom-minded. Amen. So as a reminder, don't forget, early voting is now. You need to vote for righteousness and you need to vote for life. What I want to see happen in this season is the body of Christ become the most influential voting bloc in this nation. That people are going to know that if you're running for office, you better do things that line up with the church. You better do things that line up with the Bible, because if not, nobody's going to vote for you. Right? That it should be the case that politicians want to pander to the church. You know what I'm saying? It should be the case that Hollywood wants to adhere to Christian principles. Because we need to become influential. We need to make our voice known. Okay? So, make sure you vote for righteousness and make sure you vote for life. And continue to pray for this nation. Continue to pray that God is going to have his will in this nation. You cannot pray out of hatred. You cannot pray out of anger. You have to remember, God is on the throne. And the truth is, is that if God isn't moving... It means that the body of Christ isn't ready yet. So, the things that are happening in the world are because of the body of Christ. We, the church, are the light. We, the church, are the salt, the preserving power. If we aren't obeying God, then how can you expect that a revival comes? You might get mad at the wicked politicians, okay? You might get mad at the state of the media, but the truth is, is that it is not until the body of Christ starts obeying God and focusing on God that those things are going to change. Anyway, I am running out of time for this week. Before we go, I want to pray with you. Dear Heavenly Father God, I want to lift up everybody that is hearing the sound of my voice right now. And I decree and declare, I thank you, Lord, that you would open their eyes, Lord, and help them become 
kingdom-minded for your glory, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would anoint their hands and heal their bodies in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, that supernatural divine healing is coming upon them right now in Jesus' name. And that as you are healing them, they will then go out and heal others in Jesus' name. I thank you, God, that there is a shifting of mindset that is coming upon them, Lord, that they are going to move focus away from those things that they desire, and they're going to reshift into doing the things that you desire in Jesus' name, God. And I pray, Lord, that they would bring on and take on the mindset of a king that is going to transform this nation for your glory and the benefit of your people in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I want to thank all of you for tuning in. Again, my name is Joshua Sasso, and you are listening to the prophetic voice of our time. Until next time, God bless you. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to the prophetic voice of our time. We really hope you were blessed by today's episode. And if you were, we want to hear from you. You can call us at 210-695-1630. Or you can email us at sogmi at outlook.com. That's S-O-G-M-I at Outlook.com. And we really encourage you to visit our website, sogmi.org. That is S-O-G-M-I dot That's where you can listen to previous episodes of this podcast and even support this podcast. We're supported by listeners just like you. So if you want to support this ministry, you can go to S-O-G-M-I dot and hit the donate button. You can also send a check to P.O. Box 1579, Lotus, Texas, 78023. Again, that is P.O. Box 1579, Lotus, Texas, 78023.